Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we're joined by someone who has helped many Muse members over the years and bailed me out on many occasions with her deep knowledge of all things Meditech. Kelly Lepold is the Director of Health Informatics at NMC Health located in Newton, Kansas. Newton is among an elite group of Meditech facilities that has been designated a top 100 rural and community hospital for the fifth consecutive year by the Chartist Center of Rural Health. I'm excited for Kelly to share all the exciting things NMC has going on with our listeners today. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, TJ. It's good to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about NMC and the informatics department there. NMC Health is, we are a 103 licensed bed facility in Newton, Kansas. And for those of you that might not know where Newton, Kansas is, if you stick your finger in the middle of the United States, you'll probably hit us. We're about 20 minutes north of Wichita, Kansas, which is a very large metropolitan area in Kansas. In addition to our hospital, we also have three family practice clinics, two immediate care clinics, and three specialty clinics. And we also have a home health and private duty agency. We've all been on Meditech since 2017. The hospital's been on for a lot longer than that, but we brought our clinics up with Web Ambulatory in 2017, and we also brought our home care and private duty up with Meditech as well at that same time. My department, the Department of Health Informatics, we're a smaller department. We're about 10 people. We support all the clinics, everybody with anything related to do with Meditech, clinical software that integrates with Meditech. We support all the interfaces, our providers, end users, everything related to that. So never have nothing to do. Sounds like it. So on the acute side, are you guys running Expanse as well? We are not Expanse yet. We are 615. However, within the next year and a half, we do plan to move to Expanse with the patient care web module as well. Very cool. So is the informatics department there part of IT or is it kind of a adjunct department or how does that work? Well, probably like most areas, we tend to get bundled into IT. We are our own department. However, we do share the same rooms and everything in our hospitals. So we work very closely with the IT department. And a lot of the projects that IT has, we help from the end user perspective because the end users usually see us. They don't see the technical side of the group. So we're kind of the face of IT, even though we're not technically IT. Well, that's great. It sounds like you have a good working relationship, and that's very important. And Newton's lucky to have a informatics department for sure. So tell me about this award you all received. And did IT have any kind of role in that in the reporting standpoint or providing the quality of care? Or tell me a little bit about that whole process. Yes, we have been blessed to be given the top 100 community hospital for the fifth year in the row. And I think the health informatics department has been 
instrumental in helping, especially with the quality and reporting of things. We utilize Meditech's business and clinical analytics module to build a lot of our quality dashboards so we can monitor them more in real time as opposed to waiting for a lot of, you know, when you get reports back from the government, sometimes it's three to six months after the fact when you find out, oh, you're a little low on some things. So we're trying to make it so that every day we're pushing out where we're at with quality metrics, falls, wounds, just sepsis, everything like that more in the face of our end users so that they can see where we're at and where we can improve. So I definitely think having that helped with meeting these award recognitions. In addition, our nursing departments know that, hey, if we need something changed to help meet a quality measure, they go to us and we get that rolled out as soon as we can with including all the education to our end users, our providers, things like that. So I definitely think healthcare IT plays an integral role in meeting these recognitions that we strive for. That's great. That's really interesting to hear. Very cool to see you use data to drive those decisions and drive those quality scores. You mentioned BCA, and that's been a pretty hot topic of late. What's your adoption like with BCA? Do you have that rolled out to mainly your management team, or do you have that to department leads as well, or who all's using that in your facility? It's definitely grown since we've started it. Initially, it was the executive team. And then to help really push it to the forefront of our management staff, We have weekly management meetings and about once a month, I bring the BCA to them and show them, hey, these are different reports that you can do within BCA. And usually after each of those meetings, I then get like six more report requests. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? So definitely our management's been using it more. We even track like not necessarily just Meditech data. We pull stuff from other databases like our help desk tickets, some of our HR systems into BCA so that it's just one stop that people can go to versus trying to look at different software systems. So definitely at this point, all of our management staff is using it and even some of the team leads in the departments are starting to use it more. Okay. Great. And do you have dedicated data analysts that help run BCA or is that something the informatics department does? Informatics does it. We also are amazing to have a SQL report writer and he builds a lot of views and then he sends them to me and I make them all pretty like so (laughs) it's not just raw data. As you know, most people are very visual. So the ability to create graphs or charts or anything like that, just so they can see things on a visual perspective, really increases the number of people that use it. Plus, you know, you can export it to PDF. So then for their quarterly reports to the board or medical staff, they just export it and put it in their minutes and agendas so that it's handy for everybody. Okay. We do have some providers that actually are computer literate. And so they actually go in there and make their own reports, but that's very few of them. 
How long have you been using BCA? Do you know how long has that implementation been going on? Let's see. We went live with 615 June of 2017. And about six months after we went live, when we knew data would really be in there, is when we brought Meditech's BCA team to educate us. So it's been a good four and a half years since we've brought it up. And like I said, Each year, as more and more quality organizations bring things that we need to measure and stuff, we keep adding to it. So, Well, thank you for that little sidebar on BCA there. That's interesting to hear how you guys are using it. So I know we've talked a little bit earlier about some interesting things you all are doing with risk management and the case management modules in Meditech. A lot of sites don't even use those modules at all. The last site I was with really built it out strong and used it to its highest capabilities. So tell us what you're doing with it. Case management, risk management, and quality management are all pieces that I do think get pushed kind of to the back burner. Clinical applications, nursing and that, always forefront. Everybody always brings those up. But quality and case and risk are all integral pieces that you really should include in an integrated system because you can pull data, like I said, to BCA or anything like that so you can track it. Case management is important because not only does it speak, it starts from registration where authorization referral management and everything like that, insurance verification. And then our case managers go in, they do their discharge planning, their reviews through the case management system. When they get approvals or denials from insurances, they put that in Meditech. And then that flows to our patient financial systems. So it all has to work correctly in order to have good communication from the front end to the back end. So that's a key piece. We are trying to optimize that as much as possible. We've had probably like everybody with COVID, there's been multiple staffing changes, people going to other workforces, things like that. And so in these departments, case management, we've had a lot of staff turnaround. So we decided to have Meditech come in and help us optimize since we've had new staff take over not only making sure that we're using the system correctly and taking advantage of every little piece, but also to help supplement the education of these new staff and tying it all together. That's kind of the case management piece we've been working with. Risk management, we are also doing that. One thing about risk management in my facility is it's one person. (laughs) So with that department, Our risk manager can't be the builder or anything like that because all our focus is actually using the software. So from an informatics perspective, we're helping with that build and making sure that it works well for the end users and for what she needs to report. We're also doing an optimization of that with Meditech. We meet with them on a biweekly basis. And we're just going through all the parameters, all the dictionary builds, making sure we know how every piece works together and how to maybe improve something so that our end users are having to spend a lot of time inputting an incident report, let's say, but that our risk manager is still getting the needed information so that she can report appropriately to the executive team, the board, and any reportable committees. So 
those two things have kind of been projects that we've been working on within the last couple months. And we'll probably work, especially as we move towards Expanse, trying to streamline and ensure that we have all those pieces met. Very cool. So are you actually using the submit event report functionality within Meditech so that any user can submit an event report that way? Yes. It's just that little exclamation point Mm -hmm. in the system. They just click on it and it automatically brings up an incident. They select what they want. What we're trying to do is maybe before like our list of all the events they could choose from was huge. So we're trying to reduce some of their selections so that they can quickly key into what they need to fill in. And especially one of the big things we're working on now is with behavioral incident reports, such as patients that may be getting physical or verbally abusive to nursing staff, things like that. And our hospital has actually spoken to the state of Kansas lawmakers to help increase the laws surrounding that and making sure that those people get punished appropriately. So we're using the data that we're getting from our risk management model to show how, hey, this has really risen in the past two years that we're getting a lot of these. So that's how we're using it to help support our healthcare providers and making sure we're all safe. Yeah, that's very cool that you're using it that way. When we implemented this at the last site I was at, I can't remember the exact statistics, but our event reports were, let's just say, 100 a month. And we almost quadrupled that. I think we're up to 400 a month just because it was easier to input them. They didn't have to go find some piece of paper in some folder somewhere or whatever. They could just hit the exclamation point right when it happened. And even the data we were getting was much more detailed and fresh from the person's mind that was involved in that event. It was overall a really great process. Some people are scared. They're like, oh no, our event reports went up, but that's a good thing because then you can work to fix those things. So it's great to see that you're actually putting that data to use on a big scale and to protect your coworkers. Right. And definitely the wording of how you name things in the risk management model is good. We used to call it near miss Mm -hmm. and now we call them good catches. So, you know, if you caught something before it happens, go ahead and report that. We want to make sure that it doesn't occur again and maybe make it to the patient that next time. So I know people don't like to talk about incident reporting, but it can really help improve patient safety. We are excited to have it in Meditech so that it's integrated in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that don't know about that system, it's a module that's already included. It's right there. The build is not too crazy. The patient database is linked. Obviously, the user dictionary is linked. So everything's in a dropdown for you to pick the patient and pick the user and those sort of things. So I'd say it's a pretty highly underutilized tool that probably should be. So it's good to hear that you guys are using it. Yeah, it sends an email to a manager if an incident was put in so that they can go in and review right away. And you can connect quality management to it. So if it's something related to, well, gosh, forbid a death, you can go ahead and attach a quality review for mortality at the same time. So it just helps smooth the process. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the safer guides. I know you guys are doing some work with that. This is kind of a new topic for me. I haven't delved into this too much. I did a little bit of research and it's a government initiative to basically put some safety around EHRs. So tell us a little bit more about it and tell us what you guys are doing there at NMC. Yeah. Prior to this year, I was really unfamiliar with the safer guides, but as part of 
calendar year 22 performing interoperability for hospitals, CMS is now requiring that a self-assessment of the nine safer guides are done at each facility. And so I have a lovely, humongous binder with all the safer guides in it. One of the nice things is they are PDFs that can be used as part of a team format. And it's created, it's foundational, which is more like high priority practices, your organizational responsibilities related to an EHR. And then there's infrastructure, which is like contingency planning, downtime processes, how you have your system configured, your interfaces. And then the final piece is kind of clinical process. So that looks a little bit deeper into like how you do patient identification, CPOE with clinical decision support, test results reporting, and clinician communication. So basically, there's different questions you answer. Are you meeting it? Is it partially met? Are you not meeting it? And if you're not meeting it, what do you plan to do to meet it? So it's to help your organization get your EHR to a safer place in the system. And so it's definitely a process. For those of you that don't know what it is, I wouldn't wait till your last month of calendar year 22 to do your safer guide self-assessment. <laughs> For sure. I've started it back in January. I think I've made it through two things so far because it is a team approach. You can't just have the health IT people or the IT people do it. You need to include all the different stakeholders. For instance, patient identification. You know that includes registration. That includes nursing. That includes providers. It's HIM. It's everybody. And we're looking at it at our organization, obviously not from just a hospital, but also how the clinics are impacted. So we're trying to include clinics and hospital all together to fill out these self-assessments. So it does take a period of time to do it. And I mean, the self-assessment is just one piece. You really should go back and see, okay, of these things we're not meeting, what should we focus on? What's most critical to our patient safety? What can we quickly do to impact patient care And so that's kind of the second step of everything. I'm assuming CMS doesn't just want you to, oh, okay, you did that self-assessment. That's awesome. That's all you need to do. No, they actually probably want you to do a little bit more. As we know with just the HIPAA risk assessments, they don't expect you just to do that risk assessment. They also want to see how you're moving it up the chain, so to say. So Definitely the safer guidelines are a huge piece of this next performing interoperability. And one project that I'm going to be doing for the next, my gosh, five, six months. And then again, for the next year. Has the ruling come out that they'll do audits to verify your self-assessments or is any of that out there as how they're going to prove that you've actually done the legwork? As of now, I haven't seen any audits or anything that they've put out stating how they'll do it. I'm going to assume it's going to be similar to how they did audits for the risk assessments where, yes, we do have to just say yes or no, but we will need to keep copies of everything that we did 
screenshots, any copies of policies we're using. If we're saying we're meeting a safer assessment, how have we proven that? And Meditech did put out a best practice guideline for each. I think they have one for Expanse, 6.1, Client Server, Magic, that shows, hey, this is what Meditech's doing to meet those different safer guidelines. But you do need to do your own evaluation as well to show how you're meeting it. For sure. And is it going to be just a portion of the overall score or are they treating this as like bonus points or do you know how it factors into the whole (laughs) compliance? Yes. Actually, if you say no to this, you can't attest for Hmm. performing interoperability. It's one of those new requirements similar to the HIPAA risk assessment. It's now a required thing where you have to say yes before you can even do the rest of the submission or attestation. It's not something you can just put on the wayside. You have to do it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I assume it's taking up a lot of resources. And like you said, it can't just be the IT team working on this. We all have our feelings about governmental initiatives. Is this something you're finding worthwhile? Are you finding things that, you know what, we could do this better, or maybe our downtime policy is not as strong as it should be or anything like that? Is there any fruit coming out of this? Actually, yes. At first, when I went into this, I'm like, yet (laughs) more things that we have to do from a government perspective. But it's actually very interesting, some of the things they recommend. And I'm finding things that, oh, I didn't even think about how can we do that? Like monitoring how our clinical decision support is being used, how when we're triggering rules, is it effective? Do we have a good process for how does a clinical decision support thing get approved? We often just from a healthcare or an IT perspective, somebody says, hey, can you make a flag to do this? And okay, we'll do that. But is it the best way to use our clinical decision support? Is it just another message that people will go through? So it has brought some things to the forefront for our facility that says, you know, maybe we should use these a little bit differently. We're over flagging our providers or our nursing staff. So definitely that's been helpful. We do have teams. You try not to be in a silo, but definitely there are some teams that just focus on their part and being able to meet in a team and discuss things has really I think opened up those silos to say, oh, that's how you're doing it. Well, maybe we should do it this way. Or I didn't realize that what I did affected that for you. So let me change my process and it helps everybody. So yes, it hasn't just been a check the box for the government type of thing. I think it's been kind of helpful to bring problems up to the forefront. Well, good. That's good to hear. Not all programs we can say that about. So that's good to hear that you're finding some value in it. And I think the listeners are really going to find this interesting. That's news to me for sure. And it probably will be for them too. So coming into April and May here, it's time to get going if you haven't started on that. And hopefully we'll hear more about that at the news (laughs) conference in some fashion or form. So (laughs) I was going to bring up, I'm the OM peer group leader for Muse, and I will be attending the Muse conference this coming up. I guess it's in a couple weeks or nine days or something. Since a piece of it is computerized provider order entry, that's one of the things I'm bringing to my peer group is to talk about 
hey, how in your areas are you meeting some of these safer guides for monitoring clinical decision support or ensuring that your interactions are working appropriately? Because I'd love to know from other hospitals how they're tracking some of that stuff. Yeah, I think that's a great topic. Hopefully you don't get a lot of blank stares and questions about what safer is. (laughs) I do probably expect some blank stares, but just bringing it up in the conference, maybe it'll help us communicate and share some of those ideas a little bit more and bring a networking piece to it. Like, for instance, I obviously don't know all the answers and probably nobody does, but working together as a MUSE community that we can get those safer guidelines, we can check those boxes and feel that oh, well, I know so-and-so's doing it this way. Maybe I can implement that. Or just sharing ideas is a huge part of going to the Muse conference. Yeah, exactly. And those peer groups is where a lot of that stuff comes out. And it's interesting that sometimes you leave a Muse conference, either a conference or a session feeling like, wow, that's great. I can't wait to put that in. And then other times you leave thinking, oh no, I didn't know anything about that. What are we going to do? But both those are good things. Yes. That's one of the reasons we go to Muse is (laughs) just to bring those ideas back or to say, oh my gosh, I really need to start doing that. Right. Exactly. So I'm excited. The Muse conference will be back in person this year. So your peer group will be in a room and not virtual anymore, which will be nice and get to see some familiar faces again. So excited that conference is coming up here shortly. Yeah. I am too. I do love the virtual feature because it does allow, you know, a lot more people to attend and stuff, but definitely the face-to-face is just, it was missed during the COVID period. And I'm glad to be able to go back and just, yeah, see all the people that I haven't seen for a few years. Yeah, there you go. Well, Kelly, you shared a lot of great information with us today. And I'd like to end the podcast just by something on a personal note something you're listening to, a podcast or a book you're reading or a program you're involved in, just share with the audience something that you've got going on in your life. Okay. Well, at our facility, we have book reviews from a management level. And so we recently just finished a book called The Calling, Why Healthcare is So Special. It's by Quint Studer. And it was good to see because he talks a lot about why we went into healthcare. And it looks at it from not just a management perspective, but some of his good chapters were why standard operating procedures are so powerful, talking about the phases of learning, permitting unproductive communication, things like that. So it's just a really good book that with COVID and everything, it's been just constant pressure, 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 pressure. And then this just kind of brings us back to, oh, this is why we went into healthcare. Just reminding us, it's not always got to fight all these fires all at once, you know? go back, look at that small stuff, be rewarding, take care of yourself type of thing. So it's been a good book to read. And I know our management staff have enjoyed talking about it in our meetings. Great. Yeah. Studer puts out a lot of great stuff for healthcare and the whole Studer program is a good thing to go through for sure. And it's always good to be reminded about your why, especially in IT and informatics where you may not be at the bedside that often. It's always important to be reminded why we're doing this and that there's a patient at the end of all those decisions we make. Yes. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for 
helping me over the years and helping the Muse community with, you know, whether it's posting on the forums or presenting at Muse or a personal email or jumping on a call to help us out. I really appreciate all your sharing and dedication to the Muse community and the Meditech platform at large. And thank you for your time today. Thank you. I enjoy helping people and glad to be a part of this. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org for information about Muse.